Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Bring me another spoon. This one's a little bit dirty. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast. Hello, Ed. Hello. Did you like that one? I did like that one a lot. Yeah, I'm I thought it was very good. To be honest, I'm kind of running out of them. And I don't think you can tell. We're not that many. We're not that many podcasts in, really. You cannot tell, Ed, because this is. Um, I don't know if it, people know we're, we're doing a thousand episodes of this. Yes, That's the aim, isn't it? One thousand yep. episodes. Benito's giving us a thumbs up. Yeah, but like, I mean, you just got to start. Every time you go out for meals and stuff, you got to yeah. start remembering everything you hear. Yeah, okay. write them all down. Yeah, and you got to have them as, ready to go. Well, anyway, w- welcome to the Off Menu Podcast. Is broadly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm a gamble, and that is James A. Caster. That's it. That's Ed is wearing a t-shirt that says ham on it. I am. You know why? Do you love food? I love. Ha- I love ham. I love food, and I love this t-shirt. The pink t-shirt with dark pink letters. Says ham. Says ham. <laughs> Very good. James, do you want to just remind everyone what the Off Menu podcast is? I don't think we now need to do it. Sure. But just in case there are any new listeners who are here off the fact uh, our brilliant guest Jay Rayner is on this week, maybe we've brought some new listeners. So maybe you want to That's give true. people a quick idea of what, what we're going to be doing, mate. We'll be asking Jay what his favourite ever starter, main course, dessert, side and drink is. It's a dream meal in a dream restaurant. And I am a genie. Yeah, James is a genie. Uh, Jay Rayner, of course, is the food critic for The Observer. Uh, You may have seen him on shows like MasterChef. He's often one of those critics who goes in towards the end of the competition. The final table. And goes like, ooh, gravy, and all of that. Yeah. That's one of his catchphrases. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Um, He's a brilliant guest. He did the final table. He did the final table, yeah, which is a Netflix cooking competition show that we both enjoy. Yeah, really over the top. Yeah. Uh, big gladiators music and stuff like yeah. that. And they've all got a, every episode is a different country and they have to make cuisine from that country. And they're all in pairs, all the chefs are. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous. If they, I love it. If they ever did uh, a comedian's final table, would you go on there with me? Yes, I would. We would both go on it. But, you know... 
I hope you'll be okay with me adding ice cream to everything. <laughs> Try to sneak it in every single time. James, you absolutely would do that. Unless, of course, it was the secret ingredient that they said we weren't allowed to use. Oh, yes. Because true. that's something we do on this podcast, where if a guest mentions a certain ingredient mm-hmm. uh, in their dream meal, then they get kicked out of the restaurant. No ifs, no buts, no coconuts. <laughs> Bye-bye. And it doesn't have to be coconuts. It's not been coconuts yet. No, no, it's not been coconuts. Which is interesting, actually, because a, a lot of people don't like coconuts. Well, one week we should have no ifs, no buts, no coconuts. Yeah, one week it'll be coconuts. <laughs> but it's not this week. Uh, this week, the secret ingredient is hairy crackling. I like crackling. Yeah. I do not like it when it's got those little hairs on it. No The way. stubble. Or even the big uh, big curly hairs. No, I like a clean-shaven crackling. Yeah, I do not. Also, I don't like pork scratchings when they're soggy. When they're soggy? Yeah, when you get a soggy one. Yeah, horrible. And occasionally, it's like Russian roulette sometimes with yeah. pork scratchings. You're just popping them in and then occasionally a little soggy one. And then you're reminded about what it is and you're just eating skin. Yeah, really not nice. Really, yeah. really takes you out of the moment. Takes you out of the but, moment uh, eating the skin. But crackling, which I guess is... It's the same as pork scratchings, isn't it? Yeah, just little bits of crackling. me. But like, uh, yeah, hairy crackling. Hairy crackling. I mean, it's it feels so unlikely. I guess if he says crackling, we yeah. have to put push him on. Yeah. Do you want hair on that? On, on yeah. That on How do you feel about hairy crackling? Yeah. Are you okay with that? <laughs> and if he's not, if, if he goes, yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, oh, I'm very. Well, maybe you'll love the door. <laughs> oh, and you should note uh, that we're recording uh, at Jay's Publishers. Uh, because we're talking about his new book, um, and it is a big, big old echoey room. So that's why perhaps the sound quality isn't uh, quite what we're used to. Oh, what's that? It's our big pile of free stuff that we have here. Uh, that's uh, James rubbing his uh, rubbing his legs together. Um, it's your legs, you little cricket boy. Um, we often get sent uh, little free samples of things uh, from various food and drink companies, and it's a beer. It's a beery week this week. Oh man, a big old beery week. Wild Beer Co. What? What? Which is perfect for us, I think, because we love a beer and we're kind of wild. We are kind of wild, actually. So. Wild Beer Co. have sent us some really interesting sounding beers with things like raspberries and pink peppercorns. Pineapples. Pineapples, smoky, spicy beers. Wild yeasts. Wild yeasts. That was my nickname at university. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so we're excited to try those as well. Uh, but those aren't, the, those aren't the only beer people who've been uh, in Have you been to Chil- Chilton? I've never been to the Chilterns. No? Well, no. there's a brewery there called the Chilton Brewery. And they've sent us some beers, haven't they? Yeah, they have sent us some beers. We're going to be so pissed this I think it's week. the only brewery in the Chilterns. Well, I don't well, know. I've I heard. I wouldn't like to cast aspersions, but it's, as far as I know, they are in the Chilterns. They are in the Chilterns. That's all I know. And they've sent us some free stuff, so as far as I'm concerned, they are the only brewery in the Chilterns. Yes. If you are a rival brewery in the Chilterns and you want to get mentioned on this podcast, send us some beer. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But we don't want to be pissed all week, do we? So no, luckily, uh, the Real week. Kombucha Company have sent us some kombucha. I like kombucha. Me too, man. We, we've talked about it on the podcast before, I believe, yeah. but I, I do like it. Look, we've all spent time in LA. We're cool sort of <laughs> laid-back cafe gratitude kombucha drinking hippies. Exactly. Fermented mushroom drink. Yeah. Is that what it is, fermented mushroom? Yeah, it's like a sort of mushroom. It's like a fungus type thing, right? I do like it. Benito's pulling the face, but I like it. There's one I have when... Uh, have in america which has got like chia seeds in the bottom of it and the chia seeds are all puffed up and slimy like like tadpoles yes so you get the fermented thing and then like the slimy bit at the end and it's really good actually 
Well, you know what? What? That's the worst job I've heard of someone describing something and trying to make it sound nice. But uh, <laughs> still, well, I'll give it a go, Ed. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so thank you to the Real Kombucha Company. Thank you to those two breweries. We look forward to tasting those. If you want to send us some stuff. Send us some ice cream, goddammit, some chocolate. Yeah. Uh, we, How many hints do I have to drop? We've had a lot of booze, but we, you know, we would like something to balance it out. Uh, I like crisps. I like nuts. I like cheese. If you are a cheese company if you are a dairy and you want to send me a wheel of cheese imagine the publicity of me taking delivery of a huge wheel of cheese my girlfriend has become obsessed this week with uh getting uh i think it's like carbonara that's cooked in the actual yes. wheel, in the actual wheel of cheese she keeps sending me instagram pictures of it yes. photos of it videos right do that send me a wheel of parmesan and then i'll i'll cook james's girlfriend with some carbonara within it that's fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but here is the off menu of Jay Rayner. We're here with Jay Rayner. Hello, Jay. Hello, Ed. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> here he is. Welcome, Jay Rayner. Well, that's that was a better welcome. I mean, yours was a bit under. You know, right? like you hadn't thought anything through, and he'd actually come up with a sound effect. I know, but he's a genie, and I can't make those sound. Effects. Can you not? No. no. I could try and make them with my mouth. You could, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Rather than the bodily parts that James used yes, yeah. for that process. Yes, 10 years in genius school, you better do those sounds, Ed. But is not... it 10 years? Is yeah, it? yeah, is it really 10, 10 years. years. Yeah, do you move years. through a kind of apprenticeship scheme? Yes, you do, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for a while I had to ghost another genie and watch okay. what they did and stuff. And like, You had to ghost there. another genie? Yeah, which is quite you hard because I had to go to ghost school for that. So I had to go to ghost school for like 10 years. Then gaslight a genie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm making them feel really bad about this in a really subtle manner. Do you mean shadow? Yeah, you probably yeah, did, yeah. Because yeah. ghosting is ignoring someone. So oh, it is, you, yeah. you can't yeah, ignore yeah, a genie yeah, to yeah, become yeah, a genie. Yeah. No. Oh, you're right. I had to shadow a genie. You had to go to shadow school. I had to go to shadow <laughs> school and become a gladiator. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. it's, it's, it's paid off. All the effort has paid off because yeah. that sound you made. You liked the sound? I liked the sound. Uh, yeah. And that, that went very well when it I made did. the sound earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, so we thought someone was coming in. Yeah. Oh, someone <laughs> will come in. They'll come in with coffee. Oh, yes, of course, because we ordered hot drinks, didn't we? We did. Or oh, like, we accepted what? the offer of them. In fact, yes. I can see them through the door. What, what, what hot drink have you ordered, Jay? I've ordered coffee with milk. Ah. And here it comes. Um, did you specify what milk you wanted? No, because th- there is basically milk. Is that your view of things? Well, in the world in general? Or? <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I mean, I suppose there are... I leave a pause and say, would you like me to hold on for the footsteps to recede? (laughs) And we like the footsteps. Those are Lauren's footsteps. Lauren is brilliant. She's handing the press on my new book. But we'll get there. Lauren and footsteps. Make sure you put the credit Mm. in the thing beneath it. If if you're asking, are there types of milk? Well, there are grades. I mean, they're skimmed, semi-skimmed whole. And if you had... To only have one of them for the rest of your life, whole, which one would you choose? Whole, 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 whole milk. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Is that what's in the coffee now then? Well, I didn't milk the cow, so I can't really judge. I just received the coffee. But should we go with that? Because yes. I think if you say yes, milk, it's whole milk. I think if you say milk, I think people are going to put semi-skimmed in there. But that just might I think they're going to put whatever was in the fridge right. <laughs> and came to their hands. So if it was, I mean, this is quite a, you know, quite a, a posh publisher. So yeah, mm. they've I probably got a range of milk. I, right? Yeah. But if you were then referring to other things sure. that result from torturing various nuts and grains, yes, <laughs> they're not milk. No, no, you, you don't, do not class them as milk, not at all. Do I not class them as milk? I'm just talking lexic- 
psychographically, yes, they're not milk. You cannot milk an oat. No. However hard you squeeze it. That's true. You're just going to get something. You're going to get you're some gonna, oat paste. You'll get, you'll get a discharge, but a discharge is not the same as milk. And oh, you can't put it on the carton, nice. really. You can't, yeah. Oat <laughs> discharge. Oat milk. Yeah, try that. <laughs> try that and see how your marketing works. Do you, When you say that mm. whole milk is your favourite of the milks, is that because you... So for me, I'm a semi-skimmed guy, but that's because... I can see that, Jack. Yes, thank you. But I was raised on semi-skimmed, as it's always I, in the fridge. Too. So I, I've never changed my mind. Yeah. But have you made your own decisions? I've gone through the semi-skimmed years. Look, if I'm really honest, there are both in my fridge. Right. So semi-skimmed for tea. Yes. But I drink mo- almost entirely coffee. Uh-huh. And that has to be whole milk. Right. So it's different... Different yeah. notes for different Plus, needs. Plus, uh, we have revised our opinion on the health or otherwise of dairy fats. Uh-huh. And they are no longer the great killer that we once thought they were. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Eat great. all the butter you like. So I, lo- I love ice cream. Because look at how thin <laughs> I am. Yeah. Well, but no one can see. No one can see what, what any of us look like. <sighs> you see, I tried the subtle radio joke. And he, just, <laughs> he just kills, he kills it, kills dude. It. I'm not... I think we can all agree I, I, I'm that. I'm in a subtlety school. Subtlety <laughs> <laughs> school is a lot harder to say than you think. I think subtlety we... school. Oh, well it's done. It's hard. Goddamn, it's right hard. Now. Could you take it as a subsidiary alongside Genie Major? A subsidiary, Subtle, a a subsidiary school. subtlety oh, school. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> subsidiary subtlety school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do, actually. Yeah. That'd be pretty I think we can all agree that anyone who drinks skimmed milk is an absolute maniac, though, right? Yep. Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of, yeah. It's water. Just water. It's, it's, it's slightly opaque water. Yeah, white water. Mm. I think it's an insult to the cow. I think it is as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the cow has been put through this process. Some some people think the process is abusive. Course, I'm not yeah. entirely convinced that it's always abusive. Um, but then they go through all that effort. They are they are milked. Yep. Their teats are pulled, and then someone goes, "No, it's not good enough. We're going to have to water. We just have to take all the interesting stuff out of it and leave you with something which pretends to be milk." Poor old cow. What do you think the highest compliment to the cow is that we do with milk? The best thing we do with milk. The best thing we do with milk. Well, I mean, actually, to be mildly serious for a moment, Mm. cheese is um, like like bread and like beer is a way of using surplus that you cannot use instantly. So milk sours very quickly. So what do you do with all your milk production? You come up with cheese. So a really good old cheese, which Mm. goes on for years, has to be the greatest tribute to the milked cow there is. Yeah, I think cheese I, is my favourite hobby. Is it? Yeah. Are you big on Sit, cheese? Sitting down with a bit of cheese. He does love cheese. He also likes winding me up. With, I, I, I'm fine with cheese in general. I just don't like it as a d- dessert. It really winds me up when people get cheese in business. It's not dessert. It's shopping. Thank I you never, very much. I, Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I, never, I never review the cheese board in a restaurant. If it, Good on you. If, if there is a reason. I mean, there was one restaurant I remember where I went in to review it. I think it's gone now. But they, they placed the cheese trolley right next to the door so that when you push open the door, you smelt the cheese trolley. Well, actually, what you smelt was arse because really good cheese is... And I don't think they really got this, but you smelt arse as you went in. But my view is that cheese, a good cheese trolley, is just the victory of shopping. So I, I'm delighted they went shopping. I'm delighted they have a cupboard yes. for the keeping of the cheese. But I'm, I, I'm not really that interested. Oh, but a Jay, trolley with a wheel of a cheese trolley. And you but, get to pick what you want. It's so exciting. Well, that may sound like a good day out. I mean, is it reasonable to question whether, as a diabetic, you're not necessarily going to hit the dessert list with the same enthusiasm so, that yeah, perhaps I am? Sometimes. So depends. for you, cheese is a way through. Sometimes. It being is. discriminated against it, as a man with a pathology. 
But I ca- like I, I could eat dessert if I you know inject insulin for it. But sometimes you can't be bothered with that sort of thing. So sometimes cheese. You don't is, want to jack up before a meringue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can just have a lovely bit of cheese. Well, no, that's fair. That's fair yeah. enough. Uh, you can do what you like. I mean, I'm, the, I'm just I'm reviewing restaurants. So. Even even if I wasn't diabetic, I still think I'd lean towards the cheese board. Yeah, but like you're type one. You always happen to have no idea. Yeah, true. I was, well, no, I was diagnosed you, when I was thirteen. Really? So God, you know, you're a fucking nightmare for I've, the first twelve years. I've had the first. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. Sorry. I mean, I, I want you to know that I'm not obviously taking the piss no, no, out no. of time. It deve- it I would like Jay to review your childhood, please. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Uh, you're, you're a second critic uh, on the podcast. Well, second, if you count the first. <laughs> <laughs> no, Love Grace it. is a Shots very fired. dear friend of mine and a colleague. We, we yes. share many things. Yes. Uh, including an audience. So, yes. You know, we, we divide and rule. We don't review the same restaurants ever. Oh, really? No, oh, well. we, have a, we have a system. It's of, of I, I'm direct, but I have to go through her editor. Because she's obviously quite a bit grander than yeah. I am. So her editor and I exchange lists of restaurants. Oh. And he says, can I take X? And I say, yes, if I can take Y. So that you never have the chance of, you know, either clicking on or picking up the Guardian, the Observer over a weekend and finding Great Stent and me holding forth on the same restaurant over the same weekend. Or, that's, in fact, any weekend. That's good. And so do, when it comes to, like, what restaurants you review, do you personally choose that? I choose them. Oh, and how do you make your mind up? I look at the size of the brown envelopes that have been placed on my desk <laughs> and I work out which one. It's, um, it's a writing job. It's not an eating job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to, nobody, I'm, I'm paid for how I write. So it has to have a story to it. It has to be compelling. Um, and that's what I'm always looking for because there are any number of, you know, let's say gastro pubs in the UK and they all have the same menu. I can describe mm. that menu to you if you like. <laughs> yeah. What the, uh, the, the British gastro pub menu is now. Um, a risotto, uh, a beetroot and goat's cheese salad, and a terrine to start. Yeah. It's a sea bass dish, a pork belly dish, and a ribeye steak for the main. And it's a lemon tart, a creme brulee, and a chocolate fondant for dessert. That yeah. is yeah. now <laughs> the default yeah. British menu. And there are any number of gastro pubs that do that really, really well. But right. if I um, if I went into one of them, I wouldn't have anything to say for 1,100 words. So I'm looking for somewhere that I can write 1,100 words about. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking for... Change in lo- location, in price point, in style. Just trying to keep it, you know, mixed up. I never think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense when you say it. But like, yeah. Well, you know, I, want to, I quite like my job, so I want to keep it. Do you ever think like, uh, like you, you just like for a laugh, just go and like review McDonald's or something? I have reviewed McDonald's. What? <laughs> when did There's, you do this? What's brilliant is when you feel you've sat down to do a podcast with people who've done their research. Oh, no, we don't do any of that. Do you not do any no. research? No, no, no. So I'm going to we, have to plug my... Um, oh, no, we, we, can, we can see the book <laughs> yeah. on the table, so we'll definitely, we'll definitely help well, you plug your right. goddamn book. Jack. <laughs> All right, so uh, what happened was um, there was an Italian critic, yeah. restaurant critic, who uh, gave McDonald's a bad review. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, McDonald's sued him for criminal libel. Right. So as an act of solidarity, <laughs> I went and reviewed McDonald's. Essentially what I said yeah. was, look, we know it's basically shit. Yeah. And it's okay if you eat it every now and then. Yeah. But let's not pretend, you know, the chips are awful. Even though actually, weirdly, in this book about my last supper, I do include McDonald's chips as one of my top five 
right. all-time chip experiences, but it's it's number five, and I can come back to that. Um, <laughs> we have a, we have a regular argument about Burger King chips versus McDonald's chips. Well, it's Burger King every time. Yes. Whoever's saying Correct. McDonald's is wrong. Uh, but Correct, anyway. Jay. Oh, Lovely God, Burger King chips followed by a cheese trolley. Yeah, uh, well, that's it. That's dinner sorted. <laughs> so anyway, my review was sort of solidarity. So we know it's crap. Yeah. But it's fine every now and then if you want that crap. And it finished with the the line to McDonald's lawyers, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Lovely. Um, <laughs> and did they? No. No. <laughs> no. They, they dropped their case against the poor Italian man. As yeah, well. of course. Yeah. I, I think uh, the stupidest documentary ever is that one when he eats all the McDonald's every single day. It's samey. What point? <laughs> it's samey. At what point? Is this making a point we all knew before you even went yeah. into it? Yeah. I did the high-end version of that for another book. Oh, yeah? So, if they, so um, Super Size Me, which was yes. the Morgan Spurlock uh, film where he went and ate McDonald's every day for a month, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. if they said, would you like to supersize that, he had, and then he was medically checked. So the high-end version was to eat in a Michelin three-star every day for a week. <laughs> and if they said, would you like to take the tasting menu? I had <laughs> and, I, and I did that in Paris. And the uh, pairing? Did you always take the pairing as well? Um, well, uh, no, actually I didn't because that would have just made it ridiculously. I mean, it was ridiculously expensive and yeah, it was because I was paying for all of them. Um, it was finding companions was the real issue. I had to get people to come out to Paris to join so, me. And that was hard to get people to come to Paris and well, have a free well, Michelin-star meal. Yeah, it was slightly, slightly tricky. Nailing them all was quite difficult as well. And I have to say, it was grinding. There is a point when you get to, you know, uh, silver-leafed sea, seawater foam on a stick. Where yeah. that <laughs> I'm losing the will to live. So we start the, uh, the meal with, uh, we always start this way, uh, okay. still or sparkling water. For oh, you, sparkling. Yeah. Always sparkling. Always sparkling, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's the point? You know, still water is an opportunity to drink sparkling water that's been wasted. <laughs> right. Simple as that. Uh, I mean, I, again, there is a chapter on that in this. Um, I, I, went, I went to a, a, a sparkling water sommelier. Oh, oh wow. and I what? Taste, yeah, there is one. I mean, I'm not sure if it's an official title or one. He made. No, I'm sure it's an official. He, he said he, he got it from an, an institution in Germany. Right. Which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? That you'd yeah. have to go to Germany did, to get a title. Did he set it up though? And I think I, that was next to my genie school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we did we did a sparkling water tasting, and and we finally found that the optimum sparkling water was a thing called Chateaudon, mm. which was Louis the Fourteenth's favourite water, <laughs> naturally effervescent, uh, and it was gorgeous. That's what I is is bad water naturally. Effervescent, yes, it? it is. I think that's the only one I really and, like, and really salty. Yeah, high in like minerals. That. So your book's called My Last Supper, right? It's um, a concept based on our podcast, of course. Of course, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Although mildly commissioned two years before your podcast was ever launched. Oh, yes. sure, but our <laughs> podcast was commissioned in our brains three years ago. I okay. think you're fine, Jay. We came up with the idea of having a favourite food. <laughs> I think you probably did, and I acknowledge. I think I acknowledge your supremacy. Thank you. In in favourite foodness. Yes. The problem is, as a food critic, you you have so many different meals that you never get to decide what your favourite is. Well, finally, I have. Ed. Finally, you're, you're here. So listen. The point is, so when I do my when I do my one man shows, I do question and answer at the end, and the question I've been asked most regularly is, 
Yeah, imagine you're on death row. What's your last meal? And yeah. I'm always touched by the fact that they want to see me put to death. <laughs> and I, my, my stock response has been, I think I would have lost my appetite. Right. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And I got thinking about all the people who are eligible for last meals, and they are the condemned, the suicidal, the terminally ill. It's always dark. Mm. It's always dark. <laughs> yeah. There's one other category, which, which is the suicide bomber, but I can't even bring myself to get into yeah. that. And also, you'd be so nervous. Wouldn't you? You'd be you so know, nervous. Butterflies yeah. in the yeah. stomach uh, before it was flung. You just need some Rennies. That would be my last meal before. So I was saying, none of these people are really suitable to eat one. Yeah. And anyway, that's not the question they're asking. When you ask someone, what would your last meal be? What you're really saying is, if no one was looking, <laughs> if you could just express who you are through a bunch of dishes, dishes, and there were no consequences, you weren't going to yeah. worry about how you felt the next day, mm -hmm. what would you have? So the book is my journey to find those ingredients, explain the stories behind them, psychoanalyze myself, um, talk a bit about music and food and all of that, and then at the end have a big fuck-off party and find out whether it was worth it or not, and then move on with my life. Did you actually have a big party? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I had my last yes, supper yes. in a room above a pub in West London. Amazing. Uh, 40 of us. Um, we got a piano in. I had most of the band that I play with because I have this sideline as a jazz musician. Um, and got a really good chef to work on the dishes and the various oh, things. Yes. Some of the things I you asked for my menu, and I yes, so, a couple of them are actually from the Last Supper. Excellent. And a couple of them aren't. Did Dent get an invite to the Last Supper? Um, we are colleagues. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I admire. I admire La Dent <laughs> very deeply um, and very profoundly, and I'm a big fan of all her work. Yes. Yeah. But, but no, 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 for Dent. No, no. absolutely. Not. So we've got some spark, sparkling water. The um, the end result because there is a bit of a toll environmentally, yeah. not on the CO2 because the CO2 used in sparkling water where it's been in, injected into it is a byproduct from the fertilizer industry. So Oh wow. That's, you know, you know when um was it last summer, summer of 2018, in case you're now listening to this in 2042 <laughs> as a legacy podcast. <laughs> uh summer of 2018 there was suddenly a CO2 shortage right. and beer companies were telling pubs to stop I selling beer that. and all that. There was a lot of panic. So oh. the reason was because the fertilizer companies tend to close down some of their factories in the summer to clean them down. Um, and CO2 is a byproduct of the fertilizer industry. Um, and they all closed down at once by accident. <laughs> and there was a shortage of CO2, which is why there weren't any fizzy drinks. It's why they couldn't power certain things. And the, yeah. I do um, remember that now. I'd yeah. forgotten about that, but I did an episode of Mock the Week. I think I did that one as oh, well. On that we one. Had, and yes. that was one of the news stories. That we one had of the news stories. Didn't, didn't really make the edit very well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's the packaging thing and all of that. So I now have a home. Uh, carbonation machine. Soda stream. A soda stream, yeah. Other ones are available. <laughs> I'm not even sure they are. So I have a soda stream and I like yes. it. Which means I can I can calibrate my oh. level of effervescence. Pop it up to a bread, Jay! Pop it up to a bread! Well, it depends where you are, James. <laughs> but You're here in the dream restaurant, Jay. No one's well, geez, if, if, actually, if there's a big pile of poppadoms, I'm face down in them. Yes. <laughs> I think I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're lentil-based. Right. So I'm, 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 not, um, I'm, I'm not a keto dieter. Mm. But given A, my physical, uh, I have a metabolism basically engineered for the Russian steppes when the Cossacks are coming. <laughs> there's, a, there's a particular Jewish Ashkenazi trait to be big shouldered and have big thighs right. and a big mm. arse. Because it's cold in Russia, yeah. and you need to survive when there's a pogrom. So I'm basically engineered for a pogrom, 
And that means a slow metabolism, not good at running, terrible at DIY. But, um, <laughs> and because of all those things, I, I, I try to avoid carbs. Where, although I had toast for breakfast, so I don't avoid it very much. But, you know, bread doesn't happen very much in my life. But poppadoms. Yes. I think they're lentil-based, aren't they? I'm not sure. I've actually never... Do you know what? I mean, you've been asking this question quite yeah. a lot, haven't you? And you've never checked. I've never checked. And most things... I guess most things out of your life, I don't even know what I thought it's just they are. Its, own, its own type of food. Its yeah, own it's a, type of food. Yeah. Well, you thought it, it came... Out the ground. You thought, yeah. yes, the <laughs> poppadom trees. Yeah. Yeah. They grind down the ingredients of the poppadom trees. <laughs> I'd never thought about it. Yeah, it's they're lentil-based. I'm it's lentil flour. Yeah. Yeah. Can you remember where you've had like the best poppadoms you've ever had? Oh, the best poppadoms you'll ever have are um, after Deliveroo have dropped, or other <laughs> other food delivery companies, have dropped the the curry house finest mm. onto your own, you know, living room coffee table Yeah, while you're watching probably you two on a replay on Dave. <laughs> Much obliged. As long as they're freshly out of, you know, reasonably freshly out of the uh, deep air fryer. Do you have a, a favourite local curry house that no, you've required? No, I, I, I keep sort of circulating through varieties of them, thinking the perfect one is out there, when it isn't. Yeah. Do you find that, because I, I guess a lot of people would have, like, just standard places they go to all the time. Obviously, your job is to go to loads of different places, but then in your free time as well, are you also... No, exploring? actually, it, the truth is, in my free time, I tend to go to similar places. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've got a, a particular Chinese on Gerrard Street, right, where I go to by myself. Yes, sit there with my back to the door so no one can see my shame. <laughs> and that does really good roast Cantonese duck. And are you not naming it so people can't come? And it's find called you? the Four Seasons on Gerrard Street. Lovely number twelve. Because if you go there and you stand looking north on Gerrard Street, right in the middle, yeah. you'll see that number twelve is the Four Seasons, but number fourteen is also the Four Seasons. They are clearly, you look at the face, <laughs> clearly part of the same company. Nobody knows why there are two of them. There is no archway linking those dining rooms. There yeah. are just two doorways. I have—I don't know anybody who's ever gone into number fourteen, but number twelve—it's oh. bizarre. It's uh, one of the great mysteries of London's Chinatown. The way you told that was so great. It felt like the beginning of a new Harry Potter book. <laughs> to, to, to two doors with the same. There's two doors, side by side. and then one day I went into the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's when the adventure began. And that's run by the twin of the guy who runs the other one. And they hate each other, yeah, and they've—they they not, they haven't talked in forty years. <laughs> But they get their ducks from the same place. One's got a scar on his left cheek and one's got a scar on his right cheek. And oh. sometimes people can't remember which one is which. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I want to read it. But anyway, the, the Cantonese roast duck there is, a, is, is it's, you know, I think the Chinese do the best things with ducks mm. of all the cooking. Hang traditions. them in the window a lot of the time. Well, you know, they've got to be somewhere. Yeah. Show off the goods. <laughs> yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you're up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed. Answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm. Um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver. But yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things. And then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that. And then I forget about it. And then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff... May I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, so we come to your starter. Yep. Uh, so into the the big leagues now, into the proper proper courses. Yep. Um, is it from a specific place this starter? Uh, I suppose in the memory it is because this is actually one of the things that's part of my last supper, and I yeah. reference a meal with my late mother mm. um, at a restaurant called Rules. Now Rules is oh, on yes. Maiden Lane in uh, in Covent Garden, and it's been there since 1798. I went He's, there recently. Did you? Yeah, for it, the first time. Was it good? It was very nice. I had a, Ed's been making fun of me for this, but I, I had a black velvet. Uh, I, never, I never drank a black velvet Guinness before. and... Champagne. Guinness and champagne, yeah. I loved it I've so I've been much. making fun of you because then you went to the pub, you went to a pub in, <laughs> yes. in Brixton. And what, and asked for a black velvet? For a black velvet. <laughs> and they had no I, idea what you were Which champagne would you like in that, my dear boy? Well, I told Nish to get it. Yeah. And Nish refused to say black velvet to them, but basically, and he came back with a pint of Guinness. Well, on questions of diversity in Brixton, as so though it was... <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. I live in Brixton. Yes. but uh, Just to make it clear yeah, okay, that I can yeah, yeah. make those jokes. Maybe I can't. Fuck. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Rainer, he's a racist. <laughs> but uh, he, got, he got a pint of... So he came up with a pint of Guinness and a Prosecco. <laughs> and then I just poured the Prosecco in the Guinness and I did not feel good the next day. So but you had probably had to drink some of the Guinness first and then yep. top it up with Also Prosecco, I had to right? have it in the Guinness glass, which when I got it at Rules, they give it to you in a, a chilled, pu- like tankered kind of... Well, was that a pewter? A I guess mug. so. Yeah. That, it's like metal. A, That's yes. a metal. Yes. Yeah. Did they have pewter in Kettering? No, no. absolutely not. <laughs> no, pewter no, never no. reached Kettering. If you had a pewter in Kettering, you're getting beaten up, mate. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the pewter. Yeah, with the pewter. <laughs> with the pewter. <laughs> Banged around the head. <laughs> um, the, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a very classic British restaurant. And one of the classic things is you can only cook really good British food if you've first been to France a lot. Yes. Um, so it's that kind of British restaurant, and they do steak and kidney puddings really well, and they do mm. lots of game 
they have their own game reserve where they kill things. But anyway, so my mother, my late mother, was an, a journalist, an agony aunt. Um, she was really famous. You yeah. two are too young to remember, I remember her. I, I do, I remember. Uh, you remember Claire? Yeah. yeah. All right. So she had this thing that once a year, there were three siblings, me, my brother and sister, she would take us out on her rounds of national newspaper offices, magazines, whatever, uh, which she always did on a Tuesday, and we'd have this day out with mum, which would stop with a perfect journalist lunch mm. in rules. Um, and so I would have been 10. Um, I usually do the, um, you know, the old uh, Rita Rudner joke. It was a, mine was a standard middle-class upbringing. We, Jewish upbringing, we were exceptionally wealthy. Um, <laughs> and I just had this memory of this first time when I was about 10, and the waiter comes and says, will you be starting with oysters? And my mother says, looks at me, and, I, and it's clear that I'm meant to be starting with oysters. <laughs> and then all the accessories that come with oysters. Mm. And the spindle frame is delivered. And then there's a plate with a muslin-wrapped lemon, and then there's Tabasco, and there's some shallot vinegar, and then the oysters. T- I mean, the, anything, any food stuff. Yeah. That has this many accessories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. is is worth the effort. I mean, you, frankly, you can just watch the show and not even eat them. Yeah, yeah. but it and, and it's sort of a. I came to associate oysters with being a grown up because I mm. I was quite keen on. I, I didn't mind being a child. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I, I was very similar. We, we've discussed this briefly before. I think yes. I for, from a very early age, I always rejected the kids' menu out of hand immediately. You sophisticated. I'm not going near it. So I would have, I would have definitely had an oyster. You'd had an oysters. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I couldn't climb trees. Big. and I couldn't skim stones. And I'm, I was just, you know, never picked for football and all that sort of stuff. But if you put me at the table, I would leapfrog my peers. Yeah. So where, <laughs> where the other 10-year-olds were going, ah, mummy! Yeah. I was going, gimme, 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 yeah. gimme, <laughs> gimme the oysters. Um, and they became, so... Not me. Ice cream oysters, yes. Ice cream oysters. I want that... The, what the ones in the, the, ones in the shell? It's, it's in the, the shell. Oh, I love them. So, they're so how bad. have you got this onto ice cream already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're just going to let him take it on a diversion. Yeah, I'm sure. going to bring it straight away for shell. It's a wafer shell. Yeah, and the the base of it is dipped in chocolate with some coconut on it. Yeah. and then you have some marshmallow in the base of the shell, and then it's filled with the Mr. Whippy ice cream. And then you get like, I, look. It's a fabulous, fabulous thing. That's, that's what, that was my oysters when yeah. I was ten. That was my oysters. And, <laughs> and, and you have to and you have to buy it out of a van that's actually pumping carbon monoxide up your nose yeah. while you're purchasing it. Absolutely, but hey, they, they came pre-shucked. <laughs> it was great. Great. Have you ever done um, a non-ice cream oyster? Yes, game? and I, I, I love them now. Oh, you do? Yeah. I, I, I think I got into them in my 20s, though, so I was like a decade after you guys. <laughs> what about you? I love an oyster. All right, good. Absolutely, yeah. I it's, did, it, and it's, but the ritual is part of it. Yeah, it? the ritual is absolutely part of it. And, there, and also that flavour. I once wrote a piece for The Observer in which I said uh, it was advice to women, never take a lover who does not like oysters because, it, you know, the sex isn't going to be up to it. <laughs> right. Um, and I got a, a lot of correspondents agreeing with me, particularly from lesbians, particularly <laughs> <laughs> from gay women who said, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, <laughs> it was great. I just felt that we were having a proper conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's <laughs> a proper chat. What's your theory behind that, though? What, what's the argument behind... Uh, the, What's the argument behind the argument that women shouldn't take a lover who doesn't like oysters? <laughs> yes, yeah. um, because they taste brilliantly of female parts. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. 
That was maybe very nice. There, there is a very simple, straightforward. It's not just looks. It's a yeah. simple. Sorry, I, 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 I've, I've never been more naive in my life. You, what did, where did you think that? Where was do you going? think this was going? I it was basically I, I, a reference to Cunnilingus, James. Because we were talking about how sophisticated uh, we all were. Yeah. If we eat oysters, I was like, yeah, because proper grown-ups uh, eat oysters, and you whatever. And I just went straight into. And then the, I, I was my little naive little mind. Yeah. Have you never seen Jay eat an oyster? He licks it for 25 minutes before he swallows it. <laughs> I'm nothing if not polite. <laughs> You've made the great Benito blush. The great Benito, of course, is a vegetarian. So, he, that, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's why he's, he's gutted about this. Yeah. Bad luck, mate. You say gutted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where do you stand on cooked oysters? They they have their place. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a you know a baked oyster with. I, I just reviewed a restaurant um, prior to recording this uh, in Guernsey where they did a lovely sort of champagne sabayon with spinach and a bit of mature cheddar. It was a fantastic thing and uh, oyster beignet when you or tempura oysters yeah. when you deep fry them uh, they could be fantastic. Mm. But the raw the raw is the where raw. It's at. I tell you what sort of beignets I like. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Do they include ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> had some nice ones in New Orleans. Once the nice beignets with sugar, powdered sugar on the top. Of it. I had it with a hot chocolate. Yeah, I mean, actually, an oyster beignet is a deep fried oyster. The beignet you're describing is just a posh word for a donut. Yep. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Nothing wrong, wrong with that. If something's taken a trip through the deep fat fryer. Yeah. Good, good on it. Good. Um, that's a good. That's a very strong. Are, are your oysters from rules? Is that what you would like as part of your dream meal? Part of your dream meal now? Um, funny enough, no. In the in, in the last supper, I actually had to go all the way to Northern Ireland to find the right ones. Wow! I got them. I got them imported. Mm. My my oysters came flying in from um, Castleford Loch, I think it was. And is that something you'd been before? I, I specifically went hunting them. I, well, you oh, know, right. I'm, I'm, at heart, I'm a reporter, I'm a researcher. I, uh-huh. I, that's why, so when I, I set out on this, it was like, where am I going to find killer oysters? Yeah. Well, not killer oysters, which sounds like a really bad <laughs> James Herbert book. <laughs> Free Willy the oyster, sequel. Yeah. Uh, but fine oysters of a particular quality, not yes. natives, rocks. People go on about natives, I'm not convinced. Um, so yeah, no, I got the I got the oysters. I, I I found this variety, this firm down in just the south of Northern Ireland, mm. which makes amazing, grows amazing rock oyster. What's their names? Uh, Rooney Fish. Rooney Fish. Rooney Fish. Uh, so we come to your main course now. Spare ribs. Just spare ribs. And we have not had this on, no. on the podcast yet. Nobody, Nobody said spare ribs. No, no one, one said spare ribs. ribs. God, who are these people you keep talking to? <laughs> I think spare. They're not Jay Rayner. Spare ribs uh, are yet to go through that. You know that how the whole burger thing kicked off again a few years ago. Yeah. I don't think spare ribs have gone through uh, their sort of fashionable phase. Again they have yet. sort of because you've had the big US barbecue thing, and they sure. are a function of US yeah. barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm quite a slut. When it comes to spare ribs, I'm promiscuous. Yeah. So it's not just they must be low and slow American barbecue. Like this, um, I think Bodine. Some people are down on Bodines, but I think they they do a really solid job, and I quite like those. And um, the Big Easy again. There's one mm-hmm. on Maiden Lane. Um, they're great. But also, uh, you know, those. Do you remember those Cantonese spare ribs, which would always be sort of day glow orange? Yes. And they'd kind of be a coming giving off their own, like they only had their own stage lighting yeah. <laughs> uh, i found some of those in a restaurant in blackpool it was amazing 
um, just done a just done a show in Blackpool, and we went to this place called the Walk In on the front, and it was really good. But the thing that was amazing was these spurs, which were for many of us in the panel who are a throwback, you know, in our fifties, it was a throwback to the seventies. Actually, yeah. fantastic. And then there's other ways with spare ribs, like you you can get the um, the ones with salt and pepper. I love salt and pepper. Salt and pepper ribs. ribs. Salt and pepper ribs. They were really good. Yeah, they? really good. So it's um, just the. The spare rib itself that you're into. I am. So I think eating with your hands is a thing. Okay. I think it's a really important thing. When you eat with your with cutlery, you're using sight, smell, taste. When you're using your hands, touch is involved. Uh-huh. And it just becomes a really tactile thing. Yeah. And it's I an think, extra layer. Do you remember in 2015 on the campaign trail, David Cameron? Remember him? Yes. David yeah. Cameron? He was, he was uh, trying to get elected, yeah. <laughs> and he was photographed eating a hot dog with a knife and fork. Yeah. <laughs> and while there are myriad reasons to look at a picture of David Cameron and go, you wanker, yeah. that one, yeah. that was the one that finally nailed it for me. You are eating a hot dog with a knife and fork. Why? Why would you do this? The reason is because he's, he thinks he needs to be sort of a feat because he wants to get elected, and who wants a man with greasy fingers with a finger on the a nuclear button? Right, sure. So he's that's the direct reason you think that people are worried his button's going to he's going to slip off the button. Well, it's it's, it's all what do they call it? The optics, how it yeah. looks, how it plays, yes. how it plays the Middle England. And he didn't record. I mean, mind you, it has to be said there was also during that election that for political balance, yes, yeah, that picture of Ed Miliband with his bedroom face on eating a bacon sandwich, yeah. <laughs> and he was using his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe he just really likes a bacon sandwich, but so uh, it was more the face was the issue there. Yeah, it wasn't so. the bacon sandwich. Yeah, no. it's, it's more the it face. It was the face, which, was like, which had that kind of, um, you know, that slight whimper. <laughs> well, it had the, yeah, it had the edge of a whimper on it's it. Yeah. Face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, there's no uh, are there a specific plate of spare ribs that you would like to select. Well, if I if I really could, I would go back. I would go back again to being a child. Um, there was a chippy. I think it was called Louis. Uh, somewhere in North Holt or, or South Harrow, mm. near where I grew up in. I grew up in Harrow, in Northwest London, and it was a, a basic chippy. But they did these. Racks of ribs, and really, weird. I would love to know what was on them because some of it's probably, you know, if you put a Geiger count in there, <laughs> um, and they would be, they'd be um, cooked in the most subtle way, which is they'd be deep fried, yeah, <laughs> and then they'd come out, and but they were fantastic, yeah, bright orange, sort of rust coloured. And slightly sweaty, you know, when you get the, you start unwrapping the paper like it's past the parcel, yeah. and the grease stains are really starting yeah. to. Uh, anyway, so I think those. I've not seen them. Um, I did go through a, a period of um, those really, really, um, what's the word for them? Sort of deep red ones that you get out. Well, I think KFC used to do them. Yeah. Mm. Those ones were really. It's almost cool. like school dinner sauce, really, isn't it? It's just like really offen- offensive flavor. Or just, um, you know, makeup that you put on your cheeks to indicate that you are now. <laughs> Uh, a savage. Yeah. <laughs> is know, that in long lines. That's what you should do before you eat them. You know, get yeah, your fingers in yeah, all over your cheeks. And then, and then bring them up. But, yeah. you know, I've always been hands-on. I like the tactile yeah. thing. And so it's a tactile. So I'd go back, I think, to Louis, South Harrow, circa 1978. Oh, there's a theme. It's all from when I'm about 10. Have oh. you seen Ratatouille? I have seen Ratatouille. Fabulous film. Um, in fact, it's the only film that if you, if you talk to chefs about... Yeah. The representation of restaurants on film. Yeah. They might, if they're trying to be posh, talk about Tampopo or Big Night, which is a great film as well, oh. Stanley Tucci's film. Yeah. But the one that they all go, oh, yeah, 
is Ratatouille. Right. It's an animated film, but it's the one that gets restaurant kitchens better than any other. And why do you think that is? Because actually they did their research. Right. They had some very serious people involved. Thomas, a big American chef called Thomas Keller was a consultant on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, Guy Savoir was involved in some way. And they got these other, when they translate it into other languages, they had other big name chefs doing the vo- yes. voicing of one particular part. So they'd done their research. And how do you think, so they, they now, they nail the, uh, the, the kitchens. But how do, well do you think they nail the critics? Because Anton Ego. What I'm thinking, yeah. the reason why I'm reminded of it, is yeah. because both of your dishes so far have been childhood memories. And that moment when Anton Ego eats the ratatouille and he is just simply transported back to boy. being a 10-year-old child yes. or a little child. And it's brilliant. Yes. And, and I quoted, so I do a live show about my worst restaurant experience. It's called My Dining Hell. Mm. Uh, and in the intro, it's based on a, collect- a book, which is a collection of my most negative reviews. Oh, <laughs> um, oh no. And um, I, in the introduction to that, where I talk about the culture of the negative review and why we like them, I quote that Anton Ego uh, statement at the front, you know, taken in the main, what we do does not amount to a whole hill of beans right. compared to the creativity of chefs. Yes. It's a brilliant speech, utterly yeah. brilliant speech. So do you feel like that as well, that you're looking for... Do you look to get transported back to being a, a little boy? Not on a regular basis. <laughs> not <in laughs> no, 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 not on a regular basis. But, you know, having spent, well, 18 months writing about, about my last supper and, and all the memoir elements that mm. are in there, then that has become an inevitable thing. Because part of it is, you know, I'm in my 50s, so there's less time to go than there, there has been. Mm. And therefore mortality hangs around. Both my parents are dead, so I've shifted up... The bench in the waiting room, as someone once said. Yeah. And so you tend to look back mm. and try and cling to those particular things. And that's how food works. Food is brilliant at that. It really is, mm. as being a time machine. That was a really good question, James. <clears throat> I thought yeah. you were about to say you like ice cream ribs. That's where I thought you oh, were going yes. with it. <laughs> well, actually, it was either that or I was going to say, have you seen the ribs in the Flintstones that they put on the car? They, <laughs> they, they look really great. Yeah, but the thing is, I'd watch that and think, when I was a kid, thinking... Wouldn't mind. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I'll well. give it a crack. It does look pretty delicious. Well, yeah. They, they, they topple this car over. Yeah. yeah. They're so big. They're so big and the car goes Bonasaurus over one side. Yeah. yeah. I think we'd all like to have some How should a rib be cooked? Because I used to think, I think with meat you get told if it's like low and slow and it falls off the bone, it's good. But then, we, me and James are both a big fan of Barbecue Pitmasters, which is a yes. competition <laughs> barbecue cooking show. Um, and they say that the best way to cook a rib is it should... Be on the bone, and you should have to bite and. Pull yes, it off. yeah. I mean, for the American stuff, yeah, American barbecue. Yes, it should still have some bite to it. Mm. Um, and so, but it's still kind of a low and slow thing. Yeah, it's just how long is it going to be, and how much direct heat are you going to give it? Um, the quickest ones are lamb ribs, and they have to be eaten the moment they come out. And you can do those in about an hour. Just roast those very quickly in a hot oven. Yeah, and they're a real kind of. <laughs> I think I prefer lamb ribs. I think, I think, yeah. Chinese way is generally to braise first in a braising liquor of soy and star anise and a bit of sugar. And so, you, so they're, they're, they're simmered in that for an hour or two. Yeah. And then they're quick. Then Either they're, they're, they're quick fried or they're quick roasted. Some ribs now. You really want ribs? Yeah, I want ribs. For ribs also, ribs. you've kind of convinced because a lot of the time uh, there's a bit of an ongoing argument with me and Ed about like, I don't like. Chicken wings and stuff like that, because I have to eat them with my, with my hands, right? So I don't like. I don't James like doesn't that. like eating with his hands, right? and he doesn't like taking things off the bone. Does so he not? So I, don't, I don't like all of that. Well, this is but probably the only time of, we're this ever going to meet. The first time when I felt like I've been kind of like, I, I, 
hearing what you said about it has to be tactile and, and all your senses involved makes me feel like I actually want to get into that. Does yeah. it? Does it really? Yeah, I feel like I want you to... You think you've been turned? Have you been yeah. turned, Jay? <laughs> I feel like I've been have you turned? turned? I feel like I have been turned. Have you? But like, were you? I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm I mean, I'm slightly tired. concerned now. I hear that you've got all these issues, the touchy thing. That <laughs> yeah, do, you, yeah. do you move with a, a, a pack of wet wipes? No, no, I don't. I'm not. You, I don't, but do you like? Do you like to keep an eye out for a shop where you might be able to purchase a wet wipe? Should think, the should the eventuality arise? No, but I think if um, I if I was having ribs or chicken wings stuff, I would want. Uh, too much, too many wet wipes on hand so that I felt completely like this is okay. <laughs> After I've done e- eaten this, I can clean up completely. You want an fine. exclusion zone yeah. around you as well so you're not splattering other people. Yeah. Well, no, that's fine. I don't Other people's fine. Just but you, I, I, I feel, like, about, I feel right? like afterwards, I never feel like I've completely got it off my hands. I just feel completely... Unclean. Like, I feel I, unclean. I want, I want to be straight into I a, live to a, be a unclean, James. Like, I want, to be, I want to be straight into a shower that is like the... Biggest pressure shower. After ever. you eat chicken wings, you feel like like Macbeth, essentially, right? You know, like when people go to prison and they get and they and they all have to go in the shower and they have to be hosed down, hosed down. That's by a nineteen seventies prison guard. Yeah, that, <laughs> from I, scum. I, I want them to chuck the, the that horrible powder over me that burns, yeah. and then spray me with yeah. the hose, and then throw me in prison if they like. If that's what it takes <laughs> after I've had those ribs, <laughs> maybe just avoid ribs. Maybe, but like I, I have had. Have you thought of committing crimes just to get through that experience? I had to commit a crime, yeah. and then because it, obviously it's just because I want the rib stuff off me, so I'd have to either commit a crime and then victory eat some ribs while the cops are coming, <laughs> or I'd have to, or it, it's or you eat the ribs and then call quickly, the cops, yeah, quickly yeah. commit the crime, yeah. smearing your victims, yeah, yeah, in barbecue sticky. sauce, or well. it's literally it is your your last your last supper if you if you do it. Like you're on death row. That's fair enough. Order your last supper ribs, and then it doesn't matter if you're dirty because you'd be dead. Yeah, sure. It doesn't. It's okay being dirty if you're dead. Yeah, that's our catchphrase. Little catchphrase on the show. It's okay being dirty if you're dead. We try and work it into every show. That's good. <laughs> it's okay being dirty if you're dead. So come to your side dish now. So my side dish um, emerged out of, um, there's a whole chapter in the book about bread and butter, because there has to be, and butter's mm. a big thing, and I go looking for butter. And I, I came up with a vehicle for butter involving cabbage. And what's brilliant about this is it, um, you know, I do eat salad, I want people to know, and I do go <laughs> to the gym. But I, buttered cabbage. Yeah. And it's a way of doing buttered cabbage which makes cabbage really filthy. Nice. In a good way. <laughs> I don't like those words about dirty and clean. Not dirt, food's not dirty and clean, but it makes it delicious. Yes. I mean, cabbage can be delicious, but this is the, that white cabbage, and you fry it off very slowly in a bit of olive oil and then some butter, quite a, a lump of butter. And then you add a glug of uh, 150 ml of chicken stock, and then you let it cook down until almost all of it has gone. And then you add some more chicken stock and some more butter and you let it cook down again. And what you end up with is caramelised cabbage, which is deeply savoury and deeply buttered. Wow. You can do it with vegetable stock as well if you want to keep it, you know, non-animal. But yeah. with the chicken stock. Is this your own? I believe it is my own. Yeah. My yeah. own recipe. It's my own method. Cabbage. Jay's dirty. Well, well Jay's nice buttery dirty. cabbage. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm withdrawing the dirt. That's fine. Consider um, it's no one has to die records. here. Eh? No one has to die here. <laughs> Spare him. I mean, you know, we're talking about a meal at the end of the world, aren't we? Yes. We're talking about there's no tomorrow, 
and there are no consequences. So if anybody's listening going, listen to him, (laughs) that unhealthy, dirty, oh, I've seen him on MasterChef with those dark rings under his eyes. It's a Jewish Ashkenazi trait, okay? (laughs) Um, Oh, he must have liver issues because of eating all that butter. Yeah. No, I haven't. They say that, do you get a lot of that? Oh, I've I've been, I've I've had um, nutritionists, I'm doing inverted commas in front of the microphone. Uh, claiming that they could diagnose everything that was wrong with me. I think. Wow. Where, where would you stop? Is what I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> well, they're sitting and in a cr- food shop. Yeah. yeah, people are staggeringly rude. But well, you guys know that. There must. Yeah. Sure, yeah, 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 or, yeah. How often do you get told you're not funny? Oh yeah, all uh, the time. Yeah, which is slightly, you know, given what you do for a living. I've never experienced yeah. it. You've never experienced it. You've <laughs> yeah. always been funny. Yet to happen. Which is, I think, being told you're not funny is probably more offensive than no one's telling you you're missing your mouth. No. Like they are, you, you're doing your job, mm. I suppose. But yeah. they're not saying um, you don't know about food. I guess they're just saying they're just trying to find flaws and go. You, you should stop eating all that food. Or you're going to die. Yeah. Well, eventually, sometime. But I look yes. after myself. Yeah. Anyway, so this butter cabbage is it is a very luscious thing. It sounds phenomenal, and it is it is pretty damn good. That sounds like a good addition to Christmas dinner to make vegetables more exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, you know the nutritional value might have fallen slightly yeah. <laughs> in the process, but it has other things going for it. Oh, and do you cook a lot? Yeah, yeah, I do because I can't eat out in restaurants all the time, and I'm mm-hmm. greedy. Plus, yeah. I like the process. I like yeah. the Zen process of if you go into if you're feeling like you're not in control of the world, you can go into the kitchen, bend ingredients to your will, mm. make a mess, tidy the mess up, feed people. Something has happened. You've taken back control through food. Yeah, and did you? Uh, like, so w- when you started cooking, was it because you were a big fan of like going out and, and you were thinking? Because from an early age, you were thinking about food more than yeah. I just, I, I think I just thought it was a necessary skill for a grown up. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I just think it's something <laughs> you know that if you can't, you're missing part of the arsenal of grown upness. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you want to eat the good stuff and you can't eat out, then you're going to have to do it for yourself. Yeah, and and I found I liked the process. Yeah, I didn't really get into it until university. Okay, I cut some terrible things when I was a kid for my parents. Like poor people. Can you remember some? Examples? Oh, I did a really terrible thing involving mints and green peppers. Oh, <laughs> just the thought of it. And then I, I, I made banana bread once, and I, mm. I, and it was very nice. The banana bread, and I suspect my parents thought that there, there was a life of baked goods in yeah. front of them. <laughs> except all I ever did was fucking banana bread. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and that very nice done and very nice. Oh, He's baking again. <laughs> we can't stop him. He's still cooking. He smells of banana. Oh, God, the bananas bread. are out. And uh, uh, so banana bread is not going to be your dessert. No. 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 But we what the drink, first. Have a drink first. But like, uh, it would be great if banana bread was it? Oh, did your cabbage dish have a name? Did my cabbage dish have a name? Uh, buttered cabbage. Buttered cabbage. Buttered cabbage. Do you not want to put your name into it? Because it's your... Rainer's what? Buttered cabbage. Jay's Buttered Cabbage. Jay's Buttered Cabbage. cabbage. So, uh, oh, that sounds more appealing straight away, yeah. actually. We can be snobbish about it, but that sounds nice, Jay's buttered cabbage. Well, you can try and be snobbish about it, but I'll just roll my eyes at it. You're such enthusiasm. You'll actually hear my eyeballs. <laughs> Your beverage. My beverage. Vodka and lime. Vodka and lime sodium. Surpri- that surprised me. I thought you were going to go with a, a specific wine or something. Oh. or No. No, I mean, there are, there are various things I could have gone for to try and sound grand. <laughs> there are some things I like. But one of the things that happened in the 90s was the, the rise of the Alcopop. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what the Alcopop did was 
make it too easy to drink. Mm. So back when I was a kid, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, alcohol was something you had to push on through. You, you tasted beer for the first time. It was horrible. Yeah. Really horrible. But everybody was doing it. So you well, I've got to kind of try and master I'll get that. There. <laughs> I'll get there. You try whiskey, you think, well, it's horrible. I'll keep trying. But one of my ways through this was um, to discover vodka and lime, uh, which is basically my own alcohol yeah. pop. Yes. And then uh, when I became a journalist, I managed to get myself to New York, sent to New York for the first time when I was in a bar in the Algonquin Hotel. It was the only... It's a weird story. I started very quickly. I got sent to New York by the Observer when I was like 22. And I booked into the Algonquin because it was the only hotel I'd ever heard of. It's the, the great literary hotel that Dorothy Parker had the New Yorker round table at James Thurber. And so I thought it was very grand. And there was a bar there. It was a very literary bar. Even, you know, it was rumored that even the barman, head barman had published two novels. <laughs> and... Um, I sat down at this bar, very jet-lagged and a long way from home, and very alone and a bit scared because I had to file a national newspaper column at the end of the week from a standing start, didn't know anyone in town. And he said, what will you have to drink? And I said, vodka and lime. And he said, do you mean a vodka gimlet? I said, so what? Sorry? And he said, vodka gimlet, vodka, lime cordial. I said, are you telling me (laughs) that this thing that I've been drinking... Has a name <laughs> because if it has a name, it's sophisticated. It's yeah. no longer not, this. Not this, Jay's vodka and lime. It's not, yeah, no yeah. longer Jay's vodka and lime. <laughs> it's a thing, a vodka gimlet. You can have a gin gimlet, apparently. Um, and he went, oh, it's a vodka gimlet. Oh, yeah, great choice. And then he said, "What's your favourite vodka?" I said, <laughs> and I just pointed at one, and I pointed at Stolly uh, without Stolyinka, without really knowing what it was. And apparently that was a really good, tasteful choice. Right. So I had gone I from a so childhood <laughs> vodka, lime, alcopop creation yeah. to a man with his own taste in vodka who was having a gimlet. <laughs> and even though there are other things, actually, I'm quite keen on a daiquiri, which is rum and a lot of sours and a whiskey sour and a vodka sour. Mm. They're all the same thing. Yeah. It's basically big hit of white alcohol, not the whiskey sour, obviously. Big hit of alcohol and big hit of citrus. Yeah, and I just it's it's a great drink. Do you do vodka and lime and lime cordial? Yeah, and that's it. What do you want, mate? I mean, <laughs> what else do you want in there? And is it always that brand of? Do you always still go for the same vodka? That no, you no, 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 no. My, my view is that once you're pouring lime cordial into it, it doesn't really make you. <laughs> right, okay. um, I mean, I, I'd probably lay off the the full impact of the lime cordial, but I think as you asked me, you know, for this very significant meal, mm. what I would drink, it would have to be that because it would just take me back to that transference from childhood to adulthood, yes. becoming a sophisticated man and realising that childish things could have real names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's still very significant. There's something about New York specifically that makes yeah. people feel like that, I think. I think the first time I went and I was by myself after working there for a bit and sitting at a bar of a restaurant and drinking a cocktail and thinking... Um, Pretty Under cool. balls. Pretty cool yeah. right now. Yeah. Everyone's looking at yeah. me because yeah. I'm pretty cool right I'm now. I'm in Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we arrive at the dessert. Obviously. James's favourite. My favourite. Your favourite. It's a Please. chocolate eclair. Has what? to be a chocolate eclair. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Look, first of all, you know, we get consistency here. Yes. If you ever see somebody eating a chocolate eclair with a knife and fork. Sure. Fuck off. Yes, yeah, 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 if yeah. David Cameron yes. comes round and you serve him a chocolate cake and he gets out the knife and fork, yeah. you say, David, no. No, David. No. 
I mean, I'm going to let you explain the chocolate eclair and you can talk about the chocolate eclair, but just know that I disagree with your choice wholly and we can have that argument in a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> there is a childhood element. Yes, okay. Okay, so um, desserts and sweet things were not a big thing in our house because my mother was fully aware that we all had our size issues, um, they, but they would be outbreaks of indulgence. So rather than there being... A, so I had this thin friend... And their family had a chocolate drawer in the kitchen. And, yes. And there was a drawer just full of chocolate. Yeah. And, and I would see him, he would go in and he would open it and take one piece out and he'd eat it and then close the drawer. And I didn't understand how that worked. Because, <laughs> because if that drawer had been in my house, it would just be emptied on a daily I had, basis. I had a thin friend who had that drawer as well. Was, if that drawer had been in my house, there would have been a padlock on it. Absolutely. Exactly. That's so... Oh. So anyway, so every now and then... What thin people playing I know. Guess what, guys? Just... I've got a chocolate drawer now. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Have you really? Got... Yeah, but you don't, you don't got... restrain yourself. You just don't put on weight. That's true. I'm yeah. a freak. <laughs> Is that true? Can you eat literally anything? Uh, at the moment... I mean, we'll see how long yeah. that lasts. Yeah, I'm coming back in 10 years to laugh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. James and his, uh, and his dad are absolute sweet freaks. Are they? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's very funny that it's my dad as well. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes my, my father would appear with a box of, of pastries. He'd gone to some place in Hampton. There would be a box of pastries. And we were always told that we couldn't have the chocolate eclair because it was his. Ah. And however often we said... Get two, <laughs> two chocolate there, maybe three. It wouldn't happen because he his need for an assortment. Yeah, he needed he needed right. an assorted yeah. box. So I could never have the chocolate eclair, but I bloody love a chocolate eclair. Shoe pastry is a brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, profiteroles are made from shoe pastry. It's a, it's a cooked out pastry which is then baked. It's very hard to make, and then it's filled with cream, and then it's got thick layers of chocolate on top, and it's tactile, isn't it? And yeah. so, you know, it's um, basically, it's me dealing with my father issues. <laughs> uh, it is a finely calibrated piece of dessert work, pastry mm-hmm. work. You've got pastry, you've got cream, you've got chocolate on yeah. top. What I can see in Ed, Ed, Ed's eyes yeah. is he's trying to muster his arguments he's to rebut ready. me. But he's, he's feeling on slightly fragile ground. Well, he's well, well I, I am now, I, because you've obviously like... described it so well. That's your, that's your trade, and you've, you're convincing Listen, me. Listen, Ed, it's no shame in being turned by Rainer. <laughs> I, 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 He's been turned be, onto the ribs. So. Happened to be earlier. I know. Yeah, I've yeah. got a present now. <laughs> I, I always, I think I, when yeah. I want a dinner, yeah. I want something yeah. dense and luxurious and unctuous. And I but, feel like but enough every about your personal I've ever, life. <laughs> I've ever had yeah. is I've bitten into it and it's gone like this. It's too much air in it. Too much air. Too much air in it. Uh-huh. So you like don't cre- like chocolate eclairs because you've only had shit ones. Cream's boring. Cream's boring. Cream's boring. Airy cream. Too much bubbles. Your podcast, mate. <laughs> I'm the same with profiteroles. I think shoe pastry is like weird and tasty. What about a croc on bouche? No, you know that's that's just a that's just a sculpture. A sculpture dribbled in caramel yeah, but the, with cream inside it. It's that hard Cracking. caramel. Oh, listen, I any I dessert. Rainer was ripe open you. I knew he <laughs> was letting you talk for a while. Now he's, now he's getting you. <laughs> Any dessert that needs to be made in a traffic cone yeah. is a, clearly a fine thing. No, it's, it's, it's showing off a croc on bouche. It's showing off. There's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, a, I'm not a croc on bouche. Standing on a stage in front of a thousand people. <laughs> I'm a croc on bouche. It's showing off. There's various kinds of showing off. 
I just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm willing to be, if you've got a, a tip on where I can get an amazing eclair, I will go and eat, I will go and eat one. Also, tell, tell him my cream's good. My cream's good. Yeah. You're the, you're, su- you're the worst type cream. of bully. Huh? You're the worst type of bully. Because you won't do it the main bully yeah. going like, hit him again. Yeah. <laughs> there like, is a that's place. That's going to be like in prison. There's, a place, the in, uh, there's a place on Old Compton Street, on the corner of Old Compton Street called Maison Choux. Okay. And they do only chocolate, well, eclairs of many flavours. Right. And I mean, you are... You know, it is your prerogative to choose a different flavour of... What sort of flavours? We well, they've got salted caramel, they've got raspberry, and they've got... They have you a know, peanut butter. They almost certainly have a peanut butter. Right, I'll get that one. Should we go after this? <laughs> yeah. And we're going to basically yes. do an oyster spare rib and yes. eclair We're going to go and have your full meal. Are we? <laughs> okay. and, and you're going for the, a classic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah. not having all the flavours you list. Oh, well, I kind of like... I, I do like what they do at Maison Shoot. Yeah. And, you know, I can walk into there and go, fuck you, Dad, I'm having whatever I like. <laughs> I loved him very dearly. Um, but the whole chocolate eclair thing was slightly yeah. disturbing. But you it know, is funny for... that that's now your idea of the dream thing because it was held back from you for so long. Oh, I'm just one big bundle of you know uh, things I've been reaching for for my entire life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's why I'm a comedian because my dad never laughed at me. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, he did. He just didn't do it in your hearing. Yeah, yeah. So he used to be, <laughs> it was worse. Yeah. He used to bring back a box of laughs, didn't he? But you weren't allowed. <laughs> you weren't allowed any of the laughs. No. no. <laughs> These are my laughs. These are my laughs. None of them are for you. Right, Jay, I'm going to read your, uh, your menu back to you now. Uh, see if you're happy with it. Uh, you would like sparkling water. I would. Uh, to start. Uh, well, not to start, but yeah. You'd like some poppadoms. Uh, then you would like some oysters from uh, Castleford Lock. Can I point something out? I mean, you did ask me the question of a choice between poppadoms and bread. Yes. And I was politely, I politely answered mm-hmm. you. But poppadoms have no place in this meal. But, you threw it in, James. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. I mean, it's like you're the maitre d' of this restaurant uh, who's forcing your will upon his guests. Yeah, best kind of maitre d'. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, 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 it's just that when you go from, you know, sparkling water through oysters, poppadoms, no, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Your still, podcast, off you go. Eight, yeah. Ten years of maitre d' school, I know yep. I'm doing. Uh, James, <laughs> James is 90, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way. He looks good, isn't it? Nine years old. Uh, oysters, cast food long. Yeah. Um, spare ribs. Yes. You didn't specify where you wanted them from. Oh, we uh, did. Uh, uh, was it? Oh, no, Louis? I did. I went, I went to uh, Louis, the fish and chip place in South Harrow, circa 78. Absolutely. Uh, side, Jay's buttered cabbage. Yeah, can Drink. come straight out of my own kitchen. Absolutely. Um, do you want to be the one making them, or do you want me to just conjure them up with genie powers so that exactly as you would make them? No, your genie will be shit. I'll make them. Uh, vodka and lime uh, yeah. brackets vodka gimlet but we call it vodka and lime today. I think we call it yeah. vodka and lime and your dessert is a chocolate eclair that'll do me that is a very nice meal, very nice Jay meal. Uh, thank you so much uh, what, what do we normally say at the end we just say, <laughs> that's what we say at the end we just say thank you very much we say thank you very much uh, make sure you buy My Last Supper by Jay Rayner yes yeah. do thank you very much Jay it's been a pleasure Jay There it is, the off menu of Jay Rayner. Great yeah, episode, yeah, right? Yeah, great episode, great choices. I mean, you, you got your back up a little bit at one point. Oh, yeah, I mean, the whole eclair situation. I don't know whether I'm going to be uh, convinced around to eclairs. I told Jay as he left I'd go and try one of the eclairs, but mm. even the idea of it makes me feel ill. But I know you will try it, because you're a man of your word. Uh, I'm a man of my word. I will go and try one of those eclairs if that's what has to be done. 
Yes, and, you, and I think you should take a photo of yourself with it, and you should tweet that photo, and you should let the listeners know how you enjoyed the eclair. Should I tweet it to Jay Rayner? Yep, also tag in Jay Rayner. Okay, but what if he doesn't answer me? Well, that's what you get for being an eclair snob. Right. I'm not being a snob, I just don't like it. I didn't say you were a snob. Right. Well, what Jay didn't say, even if he did pick eclairs for his dessert, is he didn't say hairy crackling, which was Congratulations, Jay. He was yeah. close when he was saying, saying the ribs, and I was like, oh, we're in the territory of meat here. Maybe he's going to put some crackling on these ribs. But he didn't. <laughs> That's quite a good idea, actually. Yeah. Imagine uh, some spare ribs with ground up crackling on the top. Oh, I'd actually quite like that. Yeah, minus hair. Uh, but look, great episode. Lovely to have someone on who is so well versed in the world of food. Yes, he he knows his stuff, and I I, I liked the fact that he was a bit like Anton Ego, and he does think about his past, his childhood when that he's eating great. food. Was, I know I said it at the time, James, but that was a really great question. Thank that. you, Ed. I was really happy with that question. It was a really good question, and he clearly loves Ratatouille so much. Yes, and new bits, new bits of the script. I'll tell you how I came up with that question. Yeah. Is after we interviewed Grace Dent, I thought of it on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he really slammed Grace Dent in that episode, didn't he? Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. I think we should get some more food critics on, and then we yes. can properly get some beef going. Get the critics critiquing the critics. And the, the beef should be medium rare. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Very good, Ed. Um, so, uh, if you buy Jay's book... Yes. I mean, it's it comes out this week. It's called My Last Supper. Uh, it's as he discussed. It's about his. Uh, it's about his dream meal. Really, it's it's sort. It's you know, we are suing. If you, well, if, if you're a fan of the podcast, you're going to love this book. Yeah, I reckon. Gonna love this book. Um, so get that book. He's also doing a live tour of it, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find out more about on jrainer.co.uk. Yes. Uh, he's also got a podcast. He has. Big business podcast these days. Yes. Uh, it's called Out to Lunch. You can get that from all of your normal podcast places. James, what are you up to? Ah, uh, not much. Cool, me neither. So thanks very much for listening to another episode of Off Menu. We will be back soon with another one. Subscribe, like it, give it a five-star review, tell your friends about it, all that jazz. Let's bump it up the, the charts. Bump it up the charts? Bump it up the charts. I'm pushing down the farts. Bump it up the charts. Pushing down the farts, if no, but no coconut. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and you just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.